Uh, Come with me to Numbers chapter 22. Numbers chapter 22. Uh, Next weekend, Ariana will be back in Florida. Joe will be at another wedding. It's wedding season for Joe. I think Joe gets rented out for weddings. I'm not sure. Um, So he won't be here. Um, uh, Lord willing, Miss Megan will be uh, here and playing for us. I'm, I'm thankful to have a bench here at church of piano players and musicians. And uh, for those that don't know, the Lord is bringing a family here from Alaska. Uh, they've got a house in Parker, I believe, that they're renting. Um, and uh, Parker, is that right? Uh, my wife's got the 411. The ladies talk all the time. Me and, me and, the, me and Brother Tim is like, how you doing, brother? Good, bro. Good. All right, man. Praying for you. Yeah, man. Appreciate it, bro. See you later, man. All right, man. And I'm like, hey, babe, where are they moving? Oh, they're going to Parker. They found a house in this neighborhood. Uh, guys know nothing, right? Uh, but anyways, uh, she's uh, uh, an amazing musician as well. So Lord's blessed our church. I'm thankful for that. Uh, real thankful. Pray for the Moore family as they're moving here. Numbers 22. Stand with me if you would. Numbers 22. We're going to pick up in verse 22. And, and the first thought here is going to be, uh, <laughs> you're probably going to read this and go, why is God so upset? Um, so look at me if you would at verse 22. And it says this, and God's anger was kindled because he went. So God's upset with somebody. You may not know the story yet. We'll learn what it is, who it is we're talking about. God's upset with somebody because they went somewhere. All right. The Bible says God's anger was kindled because he went, and the angel of the Lord stood in the way for an adversary against him. Now he was riding upon his ass. That's a donkey, for those who don't know, if you're all right, look, don't be like junior high. <laughs> he said ass, all right? Don't. It's a Bible word. It, it's a donkey, all right? Uh, and, and the Bible says here in verse number 23, And the ass saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and his sword drawn in his hand. And the ass turned aside out of the way and went in the field, and Balaam smote the ass to turn her into the way. But the angel of the Lord stood in the path of the vineyards, a wall being on this side and a wall on that side. Maybe you could argue that someone's praying and there's a wall of prayer there. I don't know. And when the, uh, the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she thrust herself into the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. And he smote her again. So, so you got an angel that shows up, the angel of the Lord, which is the Lord's presence there, trying to turn somebody out of the direction that they're going in. And the only person that sees it, it's not a human being, it's a donkey. And this ass sees the angel of the Lord and goes, hee-haw, and runs the other way. And so Balaam gets upset and he starts slapping the, you know, the donkey around the ass. And, and so they get, he gets her back on that road. And again, she sees him and so she runs into the wall. So what does he do? He smacks her again. What a great guy this guy is. And if the animal rights people knew about this story in the Bible. All right. Uh, look, look at verse 25. Uh, verse uh, number 26, and the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place. It's almost like you're getting tighter and tighter and tighter in the direction you're going in. Where there was no way to turn either to the right hand or the left. You either go forward or you back up. Are you getting that? There's no turning motion. You ever been on some of these mountain passes where you get up there and you think it's a good idea to go, we're going to go explore nature, man. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Then you get up there, and like you see a truck coming your way, and there's only room for one. And you're like, this didn't show us this in the commercials, right? <laughs> Commercial, it's always four-wheel drive, and you're going up, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, in your Jeep. You know, Jeep people get it. Let me tell you something. I don't care what you got, man. If there's only room for one, you know what you got to do? You either go back or you keep going forward. And you know what? Balaam's tra- starting to realize I've got a problem because I'm going in a certain direction. I can't even turn around anymore. The Bible says in verse 27, when the ass saw the angel of the Lord third time, she fell down under Balaam, and Balaam's anger was kindled. And this time he smote the ass with a staff. He's getting worse and worse. This guy needs to go to anger management class. And the Lord opened out. This is where it gets really funky. You ready? Okay. It was already weird. It's going to get weirder, all right? Look at verse 28. And the Lord opened the mouth of the ass. So now the donkey's talking. And she said unto Balaam, What have I done unto thee that thou hast smitten me these three times? And, you know, this is where I'd be like, a donkey is talking to me. I'm losing my mind. He doesn't skip a beat. He's like, I'll tell you why I smacked you. (laughs) Uh, 
Look at verse 29, because thou hast mocked me. I would there were a sword in mine hand, for now would I kill thee. And the ass said unto Balaam, Am I not thine ass, upon which thou hast ridden ever since I was thine unto this day? Was I ever wont to do so unto thee? And he said, Nay. Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and his sword drawn in his hand, and he bowed down his head and fell flat on his face. And now you're getting it. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Wherefore hast thou smitten thine ass these three times? Behold, I, I went out to withstand thee, because thy way is perverse before me. And the ass saw me and turned from, the, from, from me these three times, unless she had turned from me, surely now also I had slain thee and saved her alive. In other words, Lord, you know what the Lord's saying? I should have killed you and kept the donkey. I mean, that's what he's saying. At least, you know what he's saying? At least the donkey's listening. And Balaam said unto the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. You got to get a hold of this. For I knew, I knew not that thou stoodest in the way against me. Now therefore, if it, if it displease thee, I will get me back. Again, the angel of the Lord said unto Balaam, Go with the men, but only the word that I shall speak unto thee, that shalt thou speak. So Balaam went with the princes, Balak. Balaam makes the claim in verse 34, I didn't know you were in my way. I want to preach to you a message about what to do when God stands in your way. What to do when God stands in your way. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Brother Joe, I really, really appreciate that song and the spirit in which it was sung. And excellent song. Thank you, Ariana, for singing. Brother Joe, if you would open us up in the word of prayer. Amen. Amen. Be seated if you would. Let me say this. Some of you are probably very, very familiar with this story, and yet some of you may not know who Balaam is. You didn't know the Bible used that word at all. Uh, you, you don't know who Balak is. And so I, I want to kind of give a little bit of synopsis before I, I jump all the way in. So it, it, you don't have to look at every single verse, but back at the beginning of the chapter, what happens is in verse number six, there's a man named Balak. He's the king of Moab. And the children of Israel are coming up on the east side of where they're eventually going to cross over, over that Jordan River. And when they cross over that Jordan, they're going to be making it into the promised land. And what stands between them and the promised land is this place called Moab. And, and so God is trying to bring them from Egypt, out of Egypt, and, and it's a great picture of salvation. Aren't you glad that when you got saved, God gave you a new identity? Isn't that a blessing? Uh, Javen brought his uh, sister and his nephew, and they both got saved recently, so we're going to make sure they get a Bible today. That's a blessing, amen? When you get saved, you get a new identity, and you start over in life, and God goes, hey, I want to take you to a better place than where you've been, but there are going to be some battles and some skirmishes along the way. And so here they are about to go into the promised land, and what stands between them and the promised land is the king of Moab. One of the, of the nations that stands there is Moab. And so as they're coming up there, uh, it's very clear that, that Balak, the king of Moab, has heard about the people of Israel. He's heard how God opened the Red Sea. He's heard how they've destroyed other nations. He's heard they're not the strongest, they're not the mightiest, and yet it seems like wherever they go, they win. Because all they do is win, win, win no matter what. You know why? Because God is actually on their side. 
It's not because they, 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 they could sing a nice hip-hop song. God, God was on their side, and the Lord had commissioned them to go into that promised land. It's a great picture of you as a child of God, and God saying, I want to give you a victorious Christian life. I want you to enjoy the blessings of knowing me, of being called out of Egypt. I want you to enjoy the blessings of a new life. Some of you are saved, but you don't enjoy the journey at all. And I can tell by how you come to church. How you doing? Fine. And that's a church, man. I mean, usually, usually you're like, you know, a notch higher at church than where you are everywhere else. If that's your answer at church, man, I don't want to live with you. <laughs> Some of you are like, well, great, I don't want to live with you either. Fair, no, fair, fair, that's fair. But you understand that the children of Israel are going in to enjoy the fruit of that land. But before they get there, they've got to go through. And they've got to go through that land of Moab. And Balak hears all about them. And so when Balak hears about them, he goes, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to find someone that can curse those people. I'm going to find someone that's connected to God, and I'm going to get through to that person, and I'm going to reward them, and I'm going to offer them money, and I'm going to offer them treasures. And as Balak says, I'm going to offer them promotion and honor. And so, so this message comes to Balaam, who is a prophet. He's not a Jew. It's a fascinating story because in the Old Testament, typically the prophets were of the nation of Israel. Balaam is an exception to that. So Balaam's an exceptional situation already, and God has dealt with him and spoke to him, and, and Balaam knows who God is, and he's not even one of God's children. And so he's on the outside, and he, he's not of Israel, and yet he has a connection to God. And so Balak goes, I'm going to get through to Balaam, I'm going to talk to him, and I'm going to offer him all kinds of rewards, and I'm going to get him to curse God's people. Now let me just say this. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 12 about Israel as a nation, that, that God says this, uh, bless, uh, those that bless you, I'll bless them, and those that curse you, I'll curse them. And that thing's been in place since Abraham, and it's still in place right now. All right, You don't mess with Israel. They are God's chosen nation. And what you learn in this story is this, is that Balak was trying to circumvent God himself and use someone as a pawn to get what he wanted out of God. That doesn't work well for Balak. It will not work well for you. But let me just say this. In the meantime, Balaam has some guys knocking on his door. Going, hey, you make 50K? I can offer you 100. You make 100? I can offer you two. I'm not offering you any of that. just want to be very clear, Lenny. I don't, I don't have that much to give you, okay? But illustration, you're on the front row. I've got to use you, all right? All right. And, and, so, and so he goes to me, he goes, I, I, I'm going to offer you all these riches and all this honor, and all you've got to do is come see me, and, I, and I'm going to tell you about these people that, that have risen out of Egypt, and I want you to curse them. And, and of course, you know that's not going to work, but Balak doesn't know that yet, and Balak hasn't read Numbers 22 and 23 24. He's living it out. And so Balaam has this proposition thrown his way. And I want you to notice in verse number 9, that God shows up. Look at Numbers 22 and verse 9. The Bible says, And God came unto Balaam and said, What men are these with thee? Hey, let me just say this. When God shows up and asks you, Who's hanging around you? There's a reason for that. All right, That's not a mistake. And by the way, surprise, God already knows the answer. So when God is asking that question, it's not like God's like, Who have you been around? It's because the Lord knows who you've been around, and he wants you to recognize who you're around. He says, who are these men that are with you? And, and then Balaam goes in and recites to God, well, they've come, and they, they're going to offer gifts, and they're offering this, and they're offering that. And, the, and, and look at verse number 12. Can I say that the sermon would be a real short sermon if it stopped at verse 12? Look what God says unto Balaam. Thou shalt not go with them. Thou shalt not curse the people, for they are blessed. Question, does that seem hard to understand? I know some people are like, well, I just don't get the these and the thous. Do you want me to? Okay, don't go, don't curse them. They're my chosen people. Are you with me now? All right, so, so, so let, let's just look at this. God goes very clearly, very plainly, here's what my word says. But that's not where the story ends. Look, if you would, at what ends up happening in verse number 13. Balaam gets up in the morning, and he, he says this, Oh, God won't let me go. You kids ever want to go somewhere, and you go ask your parents, like, Hey, hey, Mom, hey, Dad. And you know what they do? They come to me. They come to me thinking, I don't know what she already said. And they're like, Dad, Dad, what do you think? And I'm like, Dad, sounds innocent. Sounds fun. Go do it. And then, like, five minutes later, it's like, mm. 
right? And so here, here, you know, what's going on in this passage is this. Balaam goes to his friends that just showed up, and Balaam says, God won't let me go. Sorry, guys. Can't go. Wish God would let me, but he won't. Just like a mean parent. Can I say this? Sometimes God doesn't want you to go on a certain journey because he knows how it's going to end up for you. He knows how it's going to mess you up. Before I read this entire chapter, does Israel outlive Balaam? The answer is yes. God's not just worried about his nation. God is concerned about the individual named Balaam. God shows up. Listen to me. God came and then he speaks. You know what, that, uh, what a blessing, what a miracle it is for God to show up and then to speak to you individually? You should experience that when you come to church, by the way. You should experience that when you open up the word of God on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. And yes, you gotta read it on Sunday as well. I mean, yeah, well, preacher's gonna get up and talk for two hours. I don't need to read my Bible. You need God to talk to you individually. And God came and he spoke and And you would think that would be enough for Balaam, but it's clear that Balaam's like, he doesn't walk away from God's conversation like, you know what? God spoke. He told me what to do. I'm good. It's more like, yeah, I wish I could go, Carlos, but you know how God is. (laughs) I mean, I want to go, but he says no. And and, and Balak, I know you want to promote me, but... But God up there in heaven, God's just saying, no, I can't do it. So you know what? I I guess I can't play with you guys. Sorry. He said, what ends up happening? Balak sends another group of men, and the stakes get higher. He says, I'll give you more. Name your price. Everybody's got a price. Everybody's got a price. I learned this a long time ago. Your price is different than someone else's price. You look at Judas and go, what a jerk. I mean, that's why no one names their kid Judas Iscariot, right? I mean, there's like a thousand Jesuses in Mexico City, but no Judases, right? Right? So, so, so why is it? Listen, if you look at Judas, you go, oh my God, what a jerk. For 30 pieces of silver, you sell out the Son of God. You've got a price too. And so they bring, they bring the, the, they, they raise the stakes with Balaam and they, they go, hey man, look, look, we just want to play ball. We get it. Playing hard to get. We get how you go. We know how to play business with you, man. Listen, whatever your number was, we'll double it. It doesn't matter what it is. I've got the money. I've got the riches. I can handle this for you. Don't want you to see what happens. Look, if you would, at verse number 19. Now, therefore, I pray you, tarry ye also here this night, that I may know what the Lord will say unto me. What's the next word? Why do you need God to say more? He already told you, don't go. I love it when someone's like, Pastor, what do you think about this? Well, the Bible says, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it anyways. Okay, Great. You know what Balaam does? God shows up and tells him, don't go, don't curse the people, but now they're coming with more money. So I'm going to go, I'm going to look spiritual. Let me go talk to God about this. Lord, I know last time you were like, no. But this time, if I tithed with it, what are your thoughts? Kind of like, let me, let me find it. I love it when... Ugh, you know, the teenagers, you know, the spiritual breakup lines. I just don't have peace about it. <laughs> Quit being a jackass and just say the truth. Don't, don't hide behind some spiritual cloak, some self-righteous, I don't know. You know, uh, you know uh, listen, it's just uh, where I'm at in my spiritual journey. I don't know if you belong here. <laughs> just say I don't like you anymore. We'd have more respect for you that way. You know what Balaam does? Balaam goes, well, I'm going to go talk to God and see what else he has to say about this. And I'll come back and tell you all the God stuff later. Lord, what do you think? You know what God says? (laughs) I love this. For years, for years, I did not understand the story. Honestly. Bible school graduate. I remember being in Bible school. I'm reading it. I don't get it. I don't understand it. What's the problem? Because look at what happens in verse number uh, 20, uh, 20, uh, verse number 20. God came unto Balaam. God shows up miracle again. God didn't have to. He could have just shut heaven up and go, you idiot, I tried telling you. You didn't listen. But God shows up again at night and said to him, if the men come to call thee, rise up and go with them. But yet the word which I shall send thee, thou, that shalt thou do. Look at verse 21. Then look at verse 22. I used to read this and go, wait a minute, God, you, you gave him permission? 
You said if the men call you. You know what's missing from those verses? The men didn't call him. He just went up. He had made up his mind. I don't care what the preacher says. I don't care what God says. I don't care what the Bible says. I want to go do this, and I'm going to use God as an excuse to do it, and no one in the world is going to stop me. He had presumed. It's kind of like this. You ever talk to people and they go, well, I, you know, it's kind of like I've talked about this for years. You go to them and you go, why did you do that? That was a bad idea. The Bible says, a, you know, verse by verse by verse. And they go, well, force field. Remember when you were a kid and you played with your friends, you know, and, and you're fighting each other. And you go, you can't hit me. I got a force field. Oh, no. And you go, force field. Here's the force field. You ready for it? I prayed about it. And I've got peace about it, Pastor. Oh, you got peace about breaking what the Bible says. Okay, cool. Let me know how that ends. You know, you know what Balaam does is Balaam says, okay, let me go talk to God. God says, hey, if they call you, fine, go. Can you not see that, Can you not in, see that in the text? The Lord's like, look, you just want this so bad. I'll tell you what, I'm going to make it to where if they call you, you get up and go. And then in verse 22, the Bible says, God is angry with him. And for years, I'm like, I don't get it. The key to this whole thing is this. Balaam didn't care what God said. He just wanted to look spiritual and show off to everybody that I'm on God's side. I won't add to any of God's words. He's a real Bible believer. If I've ever met one, I won't add to one word of what God said. Whatever he says, I'll do. And God's telling you, hey, don't go. Hey, if they call you, then you have to go ahead, go. And Balaam says, you know what? I don't need them to call me. I know this is right. I got it. Balaam gets up at 4, dark 030. We'll call it dark 030. Balaam gets up before, you know, anybody else is up. And he's all excited. He's packing his car, packing his little camel, you know, and put everything in there. He's like, all right. He gets the guys up. Hey, guys, you guys want me to go with you? Because just say the word, and then it's going to be good with him, you know, so. Yeah, I, I guess so. Okay, good, good. He packed his bags before they even got up. You know why Balaam did that? I'll be an exception. I can handle it. You know what the verse, in verse 23, when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, that donkey, that ass had more sense than Balaam did. You know what God does? Look at verse 32. God sees something in Balaam that Balaam cannot see in himself. And honestly, when you read the story, when you read Numbers 22, 23, and 24, you're like, I don't get it. Why is God so hard on Balaam? It's not until much later, which we'll explain, that it all starts to unfold and unravel. Is that not like life? The things that you do right now, you're not going to see them all tomorrow, the fruit of them. Some of those things take 10, 15, 20, 30 years, but they will be shown. And the decisions you make, especially when you go, I don't care what God says. And even if God, I love the, the people that built the Titanic. You know, not even God can sink this ship. Yeah. Famous last words. <laughs> you know, even if you don't know the story, I know you know Leonardo DiCaprio was in there somewhere, right? <laughs> I mean, that, that ship went down and down. And man, thousands lost their life. Terrible story. It starts with, man, not even God can sink this ship. When God was standing in Balaam's way, Balaam couldn't see him. Didn't even know he was there. You know, sometimes God stands in your way for a reason. Ever felt like, I'm just swimming through peanut butter? Oh, my nightmares, you know how they go? Someone breaks in the house, you know, and, and the, the, the dreams, the, the, the dream is like, I'm not like Rambo. Puerto Rican Rambo, you know, I'm shirtless with the, you know, things on me, right? My nightmare is when I go to punch someone, it's like, just like nothing, and you're, and you're like, like, you know, like, five-year-old little girls, what's happened with my hand, you know, and then when they hit you back, if you feel it, but you can't hit, you know, that kind of thing, it's awful, you ever felt like that in life, just kind of swimming through peanut butter? Now, let me just say this. I, sometimes you have trials because God's trying to help you with something. But sometimes you're swimming in peanut butter because you're not listening. And you are trying to force something to happen or take place in your life that God's not into. The Lord sees things differently. Would you not agree? You got the woman at the well, and all the disciples are like, oh, man, that girl... I know her from high school. That ain't a good girl. 
You know, I've seen her on Facebook. Boy, what she shows ain't good. I tell you what, she's probably married to five guys. And oh, she's talking, the Lord's talking to her. Why would the Lord talk to her? By the way, can I get this off my chest? When it comes to hanging out in the name of God, don't do that. When it comes to ministry, however, do that. All right, listen, do not expect that someone that is either lost or just got saved in the last year has the same standards that you do after being saved from the time you were three years old. Okay? So here's the, the disciples see the woman at the well, and they talk, see her talking to the Lord, and they're like, oh, man, this woman ain't good. And the Lord's like, hey, listen, guys, you've been stuffing your faces. I've got meat to eat that you know not of. I care about this woman's soul. You say, what's the problem? Different value system. That woman that gives all her money, you know the story. She walks in there, you know, I, I have this in my mind, you know, dun, dun, da, 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 fireworks, you know, as the Pharisees come down, they're snapping their check, dun, 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 and they're throwing their money in the plate, and they're like, hey, you know, they're high-fiving each other at the end, you know, the Pharisees are like, yeah, you did a good job, good job, man, that's awesome, you gave more than that little woman, that was great, didn't we do good, yeah, we did good, then that woman comes down the aisle, and she just got a couple pennies there and throws them in. Tears streaming down her face because it's all she had. And the Lord goes, she gave more than those guys. Say what? God looks at things differently than we do. How about this one? Oh, this is going to blow your mind. Here's a man named David that, 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 that commits fornication, commits adultery, and then to try to cover it up, he has a man murdered in cold blood to try to cover up his sin. God lets David live. But in the book of Numbers, there's a dude walking around on Saturday like, hey, I'm going to pick up some sticks for my family. And God's like, stone him. <laughs> now, I, I could give you the reason why, but, but just can we just stop and say we look at things differently? Our value system is different than God's. <laughs> and Ananias and Sapphira, Acts chapter 5, I love that story. You know, Brother Craig's like, hmm? Hmm? You know, and Ananias is like, oh, yeah. Here's everything right here, brother. Amen. Glory to God. Puts the money in the plate. And, and, and right there, boom, he falls over. And Pete's like, take him out. And then Sapphira, his wife, comes in. And she's like, hey, guys, how you doing? Good to see you. Oh, yeah, Brother Sean, I don't need a cup. I've been here five times. No, 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 no. I, I, I don't need a gift. I'm good. And she comes, by the way, we gave everything. Boom. And you're like, why would God allow that? Can I just say this? You don't look at things like God does. Balaam couldn't see it, but the Lord was there. And he says, Balaam, look at verse 32. He says this to Balaam. Behold, I went out to his standing because thy way is perverse. You know what perverse means? Turned aside, distorted from the right. You know, we live in an age that has a lot of perversion going on. And there are things that God gave us as gifts on this earth. And if you use them the right way, they're beautiful and glorious and amazing. And this world has spit on God's image and said, you know what? We will defile it. We will do with it what we want. They have perverted it. And he says to Balaam, your way's perverse. Think about that. Do you realize when you're going down a path that God doesn't want you to go on, I don't care what it is, even if you think it's spiritual, God goes, it's perverse. Because you're wanting me to jump on your train instead of the other way around. I'm convinced some Christians live their life like this. God, here's what I'm doing. You want to come aboard? God, God here's what I'm... And, and, and the whole time, the time, I'm praying about this. No, you're not. You made up your mind. You're not praying about anything. You don't care what the pastor says. You don't care what the Bible says. You don't care what the Spirit of God says. You just want to do what you want to do and then justify and say, I prayed about it. Say, where's Balaam at? Oh, right there. That's where Balaam's at. And God says, your way's perverse. Can I give you a couple things to do when God stands in your way? Number one, open your ears. Open your ears. Look, look at verse 12. This is not a very deep message. It's pretty simple. When God says something, listen. Thou shalt not go with them. Did you get that? Yeah, I, yeah, I got, I, got, I got it, yeah. Seven verses later. Let me pray about this, and let's see what God has to say about this time. No, 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 no. I'm not, God's not like you. God doesn't change his mind tomorrow. 
You better thank God for that like Brother Sean just did, because if he did, you might wake up in hell after you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. Thank God that will never, ever, ever, can't put enough evers on there. All the evers you want to put on there, put them all. Uh, Javen's younger sister that got saved, I said, is he a nice brother? Oh, he's so nice. I said, you don't have to lie in church, sweetie. It's okay. (laughs) Put all the evers on there. You never have to worry about losing your salvation. You know why, in a nutshell? Because God's not like you are. He doesn't wake up the next day and go, I don't know about this. (laughs) You know what you need to learn to do? Listen. You know what the Bible says? He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus says that a number of times in the Gospel of Matthew, in the Gospel of Mark, in the Gospel of Luke, in Revelation, John writes this seven times to the churches. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. You know what we tell our kids all the time? Two ears, one mouth. You know what Balaam was really good about? That's why God used an ass, a donkey, to show him this is what you look like right now. Because you're running your mouth instead of stopping and listening to me. You know what wisdom is? It's the reward for a lifetime of listening when you wish you would have been talking. You know what the key, someone asked me, Brother Felix, it was Brother Felix. He says, what's the key to being like spiritual? Thought about that for a little bit. You know, I came up with in a nutshell, maybe there's a better definition than this one, okay? But here's my answer. Doing what God said to do when you don't want to. Listen, doing what God said to do when you feel like it, you know, I wake up and there's eggs and bacon and she wants to rub my feet because pregnancy's hard, man. And she wants to help me and do all, oh, I love her all day long right? You understand what I'm saying? The Bible says, husbands love your wives as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. But man, me doing what God says to do when I don't feel like it, that's a different story. Listen, sometimes God says, I want you to go. I want you to be involved in that. And sometimes God says, the answer is no. But God, what about no? But God, what if they, no. But I'm just thinking, Lord, if you saw I'm seeing things you can't see. The answer is no. People say oftentimes, God just isn't answering my prayer. He might be answering and you're not listening. I can't tell you how many times, man, my, my boys, they don't do a lot of video games. We don't like them doing a ton of that stuff because I think it's, you know, I'm not saying it's evil. Don't, don't. Some of you are like, pastor's going to, st-, you know, I'm a grown man. I play video Do what you want to. I'm not saying it's evil. I, I'm just saying this much. I, I live on acreage, and every time I look around, there's something to do. So I want them to do that thing, whatever that is. Pick up poop, pick it up, amen? I mean, dogs and horses, you want animals? They poop, all right, man? So... But every once in a while, they'll be playing some Wii, and we'll play Wii together, you know, do the Madden thing. It's like 20 years old or whatever, but we still have fun with it. And, but I'll tell you this. When they're playing, hey, uh, hey, hey, uh, hey, Preston. Uh. <laughs> Not because he wants to ignore his dad, but because he's thinking about something else. And he can't hear me until he puts the controller down. They call it a controller, but I'm not sure who's controlling who. Puts the controller down, then he's like, yeah. It's like, come out of the fog. Yeah, dad, 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 what's going on? (laughs) Kind of like that. You know Balaam's problem? He's got one thing on his mind. I'm going to make it there, and I don't care whatever anyone has to say about it. I'm not tuned in to the Lord. I've made up my mind about what I want. Have you ever tried to convince God you have a good plan? Lord, I don't think you're understanding. Let me, let me, let me say it again, Lord. Here's, it. Here's what it is. So if I do this, then this can happen. Then I can do this for you. Are you listening? And then it'll be better for all of us in the end. And the Lord's like, yeah, but the problem is you didn't consider the X factor. Because I see that, and you don't. You know the story over in the Gospels. The Gospel of Luke, you know, the Lord says to Simon, 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 Satan hath desired thee to sift thee as wheat.
You know, you know what Peter responds with? Lord, even though everybody else forsakes you, I got your back. Paul was like, Peter, are you listening? Then the Lord goes, hey, I'm going to be betrayed in the hands of sinners, and this is going to happen, and that's going to happen. And they go, I think I'm better than Joe. <laughs> they have a contest between themselves when he's done. When he's pouring his heart about, out about being betrayed by sinners, they have a contest among themselves about who's the greatest. Yeah. I am the greatest. That's what they're doing between themselves. And they're arguing, no, I'm better. No. And the Lord's like, are you guys even, are we in the same room? I've literally had people come to me and go, Pastor, you know, after that message you preached three months ago on a Wednesday night, I just knew I was supposed to do this. I'm like, whoa, are we, are we in the same room? I did not say do that thing. Don't put that on me. <laughs> you, know, you know what the problem is? When you come to church with a preconceived idea, that's what you hear. When you go to your Bible with a preconceived idea, that's what you hear. Instead of going, Lord, I'm here and I'm listening. Dave Havman, a good friend of mine, who the Lord's put on my heart. I'm going to try to get him out here to preach to you guys. He's a good preacher, a good man. <laughs> One time there was a problem in the church in Open Door in Linwood, Washington. He goes to the old pastor, his name is Ken Blue, been up there for I mean, I mean, probably 50 years before he started to slip and got older and had to retire and all that. But Brother Blue knew more Bible than most, he forgot more Bible than most people will ever know. Good man. And one people, Dave's like, <laughs> one time Dave's like, Pastor Blue, like, you said this, and then they did this. It was like, he's I don't get it. <laughs> pastor Blue's like, David, 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 here's the problem. You think they're listening. One time, John Habman, those who know Brother John Habman, he's a character, and they pull him in the office, and, and, and they're going, this, this, and that, and this problem, this problem, Brother Habman goes, eh, they never listen. <laughs> and you know what? Preachers joke about that, but you know what the reality is? Between our relationship and the Lord, there are times where we just say, I'm not listening. <laughs> I heard a story about an old grandma from Georgia this old grandma from Georgia was brought into court one day. And the lawyer pulled her up and was trying to bring her as a witness. And I tell you what, you mess with a southern grandma, you've messed with the wrong thing. <laughs> Amen, Miss Cindy. Amen. Amen. In the trial, this southern lawyer spoke to this grandma, and he, he says to her, Mrs. Jones... Do you know me? Trying to bring some credibility. Oh, I sure know you. You cheat on your wife, you liar. Well, you talk about people behind their back, and you know what? You ain't gonna amount to anything but a two nickel pencil pusher, and I tell you what, I don't know why you call me in here. And he just kind of got locked up and he goes, Okay, think, 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 think. And he looks over to the defense attorney. He goes, Mrs. Jones, do you know that man right there? She goes, Oh, I know him. Remember I told you, you cheat on your wife? Well, guess what? He'd been cheating on you with his, uh, on his wife with your wife, doing it with three women. And I'll tell you what, ain't nobody should listen to what that man has to say. And boy, the place just erupted. <laughs> erupted. And oh, my God. Oh, I can't believe it. And the judge goes, order, order in the court. And he calls the lawyers up. He goes, if either of you idiots ask her if she knows me, I will have you put on the electric chair. Now, now, here's the moral of the story. Sometimes you ask a question because you think you're going to get an answer you want. <laughs> Lord, what do you think about this? And the Lord goes, oh, I've got your number. And you're like, okay, all right, okay, all right, all right. okay let's ask somebody else. God was upset. You say, why was God upset in verse 22? Because he came in verse 9. He said in verse 12. He came in verse 20. And then Balaam just rose up. He didn't listen. Open your ears. Secondly, can I say this? Open your eyes. You, you know the story. We just read it. And here's this, this ass that sees the angel of the Lord with a sword drawn in his hand. And the whole time he's beating this donkey. Because look at verse 23. The ass saw the angel of the Lord. Look at verse 25. The ass saw the angel of the Lord. Look at verse 27. The same thing in every single time. Instead of Balaam going, Lord, are you trying to get my attention? He just starts beating this animal. 
And then when the animal talks to him, he did, look, man, if an animal, I, I love my dogs, but if one day I came home and, and they're like, you know, you really should treat your wife better, I'm like, oh. I wouldn't be like, you shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. I would have been like, what? A dog's talking to me. You know, you know what I've learned? Sometimes when you're in it, you can't see it. We went to a maze yesterday. We did the typical fall thing, you know, pumpkins, you know, and pumpkin spice latte and standing like this and taking pictures and all that stuff. And we're out there at Anderson Farm, beautiful place. And we go through this corn maze. She had enough sense not to go. She's like, I'm out, peace. Grandma's out. You guys enjoy your maze if you want to. I'm not doing that. So we're in that maze, and I'm, I've decided there's no score. If there's a score, I want to beat whatever the thing is, okay? When you go to corn maze, there's no score. There's no way to be like, I won 37 to 5. Like, there's no score. So I don't care. So I'm just kind of, My wife and my daughter, Isabel, is like, mm, and this one, mm. Her and Bella are arguing about which way to go. And I'm like, uh, well, yeah. I'm just kind of meandering through, you know. And at one point, my wife goes, can you see the star? She goes, look, 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 look. I'm like, uh, sure, baby. I think the pregnancy hormones are getting to you. But, like, she can see the shape of stuff. I couldn't see it. But I'll tell you what. Later on in that maze, we came up on a bridge, a little platform. And I could look over and I could see everything. And up there, you can see the shape of the field. But when you're in it, when you're in it, sometimes you have to step back and go, Lord, I can't see this for what it actually is. You know what it says about those that are lost without Jesus Christ? Their, their minds are blinded, which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine unto them. You know, one time you read about a story over there in the gospel of Mark where Jesus is walking by and there's a great song from John chapter 9 where it says, Jesus passed by. Anybody know that song? Jesus passed by my way and he made me whole. That day, just a sinner was I, but then Jesus passed by, and oh, what a change in my life since Jesus passed by. You know what that's about? That's about a blind man. And that Jesus, that he can just kind of feel, Brother Chris isn't here right now, but when Brother Chris is here, there'll be times when I walk by and he kind of just goes like this. He kind of just knows there's someone walking by, and I heard that voice, and I know who that, that voice is. And that's, a, that's the preacher. He's coming in my direction. And right away, the hand goes out. You say, why is that? Because he had a sense that there was someone there. And when Jesus walked by, that blind man goes, Lord, 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 help me. And everyone's like, shut up. You're loud. Nobody wants you here to begin with. We want you. You don't dress the right way. You don't look the right way. Just shut up. You're embarrassing us. And the Lord stopped everything he was doing. He says, hey, I want to talk to this guy. He gets down and he goes, what would you like? What would that I would do to thee? How can I help you, sir? You know what that man said? Lord, that my eyes may be opened. You know what you need? God, would you help my eyes to be open so I can see why it feels like I'm swimming through peanut butter and everything around me is hee-hawing and telling me this is not a good idea, but I just keep moving forward and I feel kind of like I'm stuck, like I can't really turn around anymore. I either go forward or I back up. Lord, what am I supposed to do? I'll tell you what you need to do is say, God, open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. You know what? Nature is an interesting thing. Nature, the Bible says, if the people wouldn't praise God, the rocks would cry out. Nature obeys God when we're not. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that when Jesus gets up and he says, peace, be still, that storm doesn't go, I'm almost done, I promise. <laughs> you ever call your kids and like, I'm coming. Did you get sucked into a time warp? Where did you go? <laughs> That's the long, I'll be there in a minute. It's been 30 minutes. What are you doing? But n- nature doesn't go, Lord, I'll, I'll calm down in a moment. He says, peace, be still, and that storm goes, I mean, there's Daniel getting thrown in the lion's den. Would you like to get thrown in the lion's den? I wouldn't. 
I mean, I love when people are like, man, I'd be, I'd be, I don't know what Daniel's problem was. I would have handled that. Bro, 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 most people end up like the bad people in that story. Before they hit the bottom of the pit, the lions go, ah, and got him. Daniel's there in that lion's den, and that lion's like, Lord, would you please bless this meal? The Lord's like, I ain't blessing that meal. You're not going to eat that, man. But, but I prayed. The Lord's like, it doesn't matter if you prayed. He's special. You're not eating him. You know what that line did? Fine. He shut his mouth. I wish we were more that way. God says, hey, there's my servant Elijah. And he's depressed and he's lonely and everyone hates him and he feels that way and I'm for him and I, I still think he's got some gas in the tank but he's given up and he doesn't want to go on and I think what he really needs right now is a nap and a good meal and his eyes off of himself and the opportunity to serve other people and he'll get up in a different fashion than he's been for the last several hours. Ravens, I've got a job for you. Yes, Lord. <laughs> go feed him some flesh. But this is our meal. We picked it off that car. Yeah, I know, but go take him some meat. Okay, Lord. Noah sends that dove out from the ark. And God's, God's first GPS was in that dove. Do you guys know that? That's God's positional system. Amen? And God puts that dove out there and he goes, okay, yep, grab that. And I want you to just fly right back. But Lord, look at how beautiful everything is. It's all green. It's not like Colorado in October. It's wonderful. And he goes, yeah, but I want you to go back to the boat. Okay, Lord, if you say so. Nature listens. We don't. Open my eyes that I may see one glimpses of truth that thou hast for me. Place in my hands the wonderful key that shall unclasp and set me free. Silently now I wait for thee. Ready, my God, thy will to see. Open my eyes. Illumine me, spirit divine. God, would you help me to see what you're looking at? Look at verse 31. Sometimes the best way to see things is flat on your face. Did you notice back in verse number 28? I'm sorry, verse number, oh, let's see here. Mm, yeah, 26, 7, somewhere in there. That, that donkey just falls down. 27. Just, you know what that donkey does? Under that burden. You know what's interesting about that? Balaam eventually figures it out a couple of verses later. He falls flat on his face. Sometimes being flat on your face is where you see things the best. Up until that point, he doesn't see God in anything. He's just kind of doing his own thing, like a lot of Christians are today. You know, you don't control everything that happens to you, but you control your perspective on it. Let me ask you a question. What's wrong with catching fish? If you're a fisherman, nothing wrong with that. But if the Lord says, fear not, henceforth thou shalt not catch fish, thou shalt catch men. Every single girl wants that to be their Bible verse. Amen. <laughs> Amen. The Lord's called me to catch men. It's in the Bible. I, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, Peter probably thought, what, what's wrong with my job? There's nothing wrong with your job. But if God tells you there's something better than what you're doing right now, then maybe you should do that. Amen. But Lord, what's wrong? I mean, I'm not living in sin. I'm just, just I don't get what the issue is. Hee-haw, hee-haw. Lord, I don't get what the problem is. I don't get it. Lord, I don't know why everything around me is making noise. I don't know what their problem is, what their problem is. I don't get it. The Lord's like, it's you. You need to open your eyes. You know, when you're lost without Jesus Christ, you look at yourself in the mirror and you go, I'm not that bad of a person. I help my neighbor. I go to church. I do good things. And it's like you can't see it. Because when, when the lights come on, here's what you do. You look in the mirror, and right next to you, there's another reflection. And it's a reflection of a sinless man. 
And there's that man who's never said anything that was against God. There's that man that never spoke a lie. There's that man who with eyes so pure and innocent that never looked at anything in a lustful way. There's that man that never manipulated anybody or any situation around him. There's a man that is pure righteousness and sinlessness. And when you look at that reflection, you go, yeah, but I'm not him. But your eyes have to get opened up before you can see that. If you're lost about Jesus Christ, you know what you need today? You need your eyes to be open so you can see him for who he is. Balaam could not see the Lord for who he was or where the Lord was at in his life. Can I give you this in closing? Open your mouth. Some of you are like, man, I never thought you'd get to that one. I like that one. (laughs) I've been waiting to open my mouth since I got here. Let me tell you what I think. Look look what happens in verse number 34. You You know what Balaam says? He says something that I think is profound in verse 34. He says these three words, I have what? Man, deep down inside, even though you can't prove, nobody else can prove that I knew you weren't, that, that I didn't know you were there. Deep down inside, I knew something was wrong. I knew the direction I was going in was wrong, but I didn't want to admit it. I had a hard time saying I was, I was I was less right. (laughs) One time, David sins. You know the story. He sees a woman bathing on the roof. You can pick on that lady, but that lady thought all the men were out at war, so she didn't think there was anything to worry about. David was the one in the wrong there. And David goes up, and he walks around the city. He sees that woman. He goes, I like that. Now look. That's a natural thing, but that's where it should have stopped, and it should have been turned over to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I don't want to look in that direction, go in that direction, think about that thing, but that's not where it ended. David started thinking about it and go, no, I shouldn't do that. Ah, no, 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 that's not right. What would they say? Ah, man, but, but, but everybody else is gone. They wouldn't even know. Boy, you're in trouble right there. And David starts thinking in his mind about how he can have Bathsheba. And he calls for her, and she comes, and you know the story. He, he has a relationship with her, and, and then he finds out. She comes to him a little bit later and goes, hey, I got a message for you. Sends him a Facebook message, you know, an Instagram message, whatever it may be. And she goes, uh, you're a daddy. Oh, yeah, I know. No, no, no. You're a daddy of a new one. Oh. What do I do about this now? This would be where you repent and open up about it and say, I have sinned. But he doesn't do that. He says, okay, I got it. I got it. I got it under control. I can figure this out. I can cover this. I got this. Yeah, the direction was wrong, but nobody else has to know. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to call Uriah. And Uriah comes. Uriah is Bathsheba's husband. And Uriah is not even a Jew. He is a Hittite. He's one of the people that the Jews took their land when they came in. And he survived that. And there he is, one of David's most faithful and loyal soldiers. He makes it into one of David's mighty men. What a terrible, tragic statement. One of David's mighty men is the man who has a wife that David takes. You're going to tell me that David is not, he's not thinking about this. He's not seeing it the right way, and he's not listening to the Spirit of God. You know what David's saying in his mind? Yeah, this isn't good, but I'm way better than Saul. Yeah, this isn't good, but I'm not as bad as so-and-so. Tell me you don't think that way. Yeah, my sin, it's like when you walk into a bathroom, like, whoo, who did that? I mean, you've been alive for 40 years. What do you think happens in there? Do you expect someone to go in after you and go, oh, it smells amazing. But somehow yours doesn't stink as much as someone else's. It's like your sin. David's thinking in his mind, well, I'm not as bad as, and I can handle it. It's not that big of a deal, and I can cover it. And he calls Uriah. Come this way. Come on through. All right. You want to be part of the message? No? Okay. All right. <laughs> he calls Uriah, and he says, hey, Uriah, I want you to come off the battle. Come, come in. And he tries to convince Uriah to go and see his wife. You can go that way, okay, sweetie? That way we're not in each other's way. Great message illustration. That was awesome. <laughs> we planned this before church, guys. Yeah. And David says to Uriah, why don't you go home? Spend some time with your wife. And you know what Uriah says? I can't do that. I got men fighting out there. There's no way. 
And David goes, are you kidding me? That's a dagger to the heart. Because David, sitting around doing nothing, takes a woman that wasn't his. Then he calls the husband to try to get him to cover it up. And he won't go in with it. He won't go in and be with his family and his wife. He goes, no, I can't do that. You know what David does? He tries to get him drunk. You know what Uriah does? He sleeps outside. You know what eventually he does? David sends a letter with Uriah. He goes, hey, Uriah, take this letter into battle. Don't read it. Don't open it. It's a special message. And I want you to give it to Joab, the captain of the army. And Joab gets that message, and he reads it. He looks back at Uriah. Uriah, did you read this? No, sir. The king told me not to. Good man. You know what the note says? Put Uriah in the hottest part of the battle, and when the arrows start flying, you guys pull back. You know what Uriah does? He goes and he fights. And what a tragic thing. You know what David doesn't do at that point? He doesn't say, I've sinned. He basically says, in so many words, I got it taken care of. No one has to know. Until one day, the Nathan the prophet comes by and he, Hey, David, you busy? No, not busy. Come on in, preacher. What are you in the neighborhood for? I just saw I'd stop by and bring you a message from the Lord. Aren't you glad when the preacher shows up unexpectedly? <laughs> he goes, David, I got a story for you. There's this guy. He had a lot of sheep, lots of sheep. I mean, sheep sandwiches and sheep stew and sheep clothing and sheep this. And he had sheep coming out of his ears. He had so many sheep. And he had a neighbor that had one sheep. And, and one day, a man comes and is visiting that, that, that man of great value, that man of great riches. And he has a visiting friend that comes by and he goes, you know what? I'm not going to take one of my sheep. I'm going to take that one guy's one sheep. And I'm going to have him killed. And before he can even get those words out, David jumps. He's listening to this story. He's sitting there. He's going, uh-huh. How dare that man? He deserves to die. And Nathan jumps right in his face and he goes, thou art the man. David messed up the entire time. Couldn't see where he was at. But can I say one thing that I appreciate about David? He was able to say these three words. I have sinned. You know what you probably might want to do today? If you feel like maybe God's kind of in your way, of, God's in the way of my success. You know what Balak says to Balaam later on? I thought to promote thee in honor, but God is keeping you back. You know what you ought to thank God for? When God holds you back from ruining your life. See, I still don't get why Balaam has the legacy that he does in the Bible. The Bible talks about the way of Balaam and the error of Balaam and the doctrine of Balaam. And I mean, he does something wrong that just God is not a fan of. Look at Numbers chapter 25. This whole time, Balak's trying to get Balaam to curse God's people. And finally, Balak says, man, forget it. I wanted you to curse him, and all you keep doing is blessing him. And Balaam's like, I told you, man, I, can't, I can only do so much with what you give me. I can only speak what God told me because I'm spiritual. And I'm only going to say they're God's people. I can't curse them. But you know what I can do for the right price? I can tell you how to mess them up. In Numbers 25, there's a plague that goes through the, the, the tribes of Israel. And what ends up happening is they commit fornication and they start worshiping false gods. You say, how did that happen? Who convinced Balak to get the Moabite women to go dance and get the attention of the Jewish men? And before you know it, everyone's clothes are off and we got a big trouble. We got a mess. And there's a plague that goes through there. You said, who did that? I'll give you one guess. His name's Balaam. You know how I know that? Later on in the Bible, it says that Balaam died for that very thing. You see, in those chapters, it looks like Balaam's just doing his own thing. And what Balaam can't see is that his way was perverse because of where it would eventually lead to. You may look at your life and go, I don't see what the big deal is. If you're lost without Jesus Christ... 
I don't see what the big deal is. I'm a sinner like everybody else. Why would God send me to hell? Listen, God won't send you to hell. He'll allow you to go there if you reject his son, Jesus Christ, dying for you. And if you're saved, please listen to me very carefully. Don't be Balaam. Don't spiritualize and make it look good. Stop. If you feel like, man, I just feel like every time I go in that direction, the Lord's like, "Mm mm-mm. And everything around me is making noise and I don't get why everything is making all the... The Lord's trying to get your attention. Open your ears, open your eyes, and open your mouth and acknowledge where you're at. Let's all stand, every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for saving us. Lord, thank you for salvation, being so free, so rich. And God, we thank you for the word of God that you brought to us today. Thank you, Lord, for being real in our lives. Lord, thank you that the the Bible is not dead. Thank you it's alive and it speaks to us in 2022 just like it did thousands of years ago personally to Balaam. Father, I pray that you would move in this place even now, Lord, and this may be the most important part of the service, God, before we get distracted with the rest of life. God, move and I, I pray that your will would be done. The Lord's spoken to you. We pray you come and deal with him. Be honest, be open with God. Don't be Balaam. Don't move in a direction just because you want to, even though you know God's not in it. You'll regret it later. With every head bowed and every eye closed, can I, can I ask this question? If you're not sure that you've ever been born again, you're not sure that heaven is your home. You're not sure, I'll ask it this way. If you put your head on your pillow at night, you're not 100% sure that you'd be in heaven. Can I ask you a question? Would you open your ears to the gospel? The gospel is that Christ died for your sins and was buried and rose again the third day according to the scriptures. He loved you enough to die, to pay for your sins. God the Father saw that you were imperfect, unrighteous on your own, and all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. And he said, you know what? You can't pay for your sins because when you try, it's still tainted with sin. So I'm going to become one of you. I'll live a sinless life. I will die and give a perfect sacrifice. And I'll do that because I want you to be reconciled to me. Please do not walk out of here without knowing that you're saved. What a a tragic thing to leave a place where you have the hope of the gospel right in front of you. Don't leave without knowing that you're saved. We can open up a Bible and show you how to be saved. Christians, if I ask you, you know you're saved, there'll be hands up all over this place. Are you saved? Redeemed the Lord, say so. Amen? Amen. 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 All right, if you couldn't raise your hand, you couldn't say amen, you're like, I don't know. I'm, I'm religious. I believe in God. I'm trying to live a good life. Can I say this, and I mean it sincerely? I appreciate that. I appreciate good moral people. But I want you to understand, being good and moral by your standards You have to understand that at some point you've broken God's law and you're not sinless. And the requirement for entering to heaven is sinlessness. You go, well, then who can enter in? This does not seem fair. Here's the kicker. God will give you his righteousness. He'll make your soul sinless. If you're willing to open your mouth today, as the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? You can be saved from hell, saved from the penalty of sin, and someday experience being saved from the presence of sin. What an awesome thought. I'm going to a place with no hospitals, no jails, no divorce attorneys, (laughs) no issues, no problems, not because I deserve it, I don't, but because I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. Every head bowed and every eye closed, let me ask this question. If you're here and you don't know if you're saved, would you be honest enough, maybe just... I won't point you out or drag you down here, but would you be honest enough maybe just to look in my direction and say, I don't know if I'm saved. I'm not sure. I'll pray for you. That's all I can do. I can't make you get saved. But here's a challenge. If you're not sure if you're saved, we'd love to open up a Bible before you leave today. Take 10 minutes of your life to know that you're going to heaven when you die, to know that you're saved. Believers, Can I just encourage you? Listen. You know, God gives you a couple things. He gives you the scriptures. 
He gives you the Spirit of God inside of you. And He gives you other saints. I'll be real careful with what I say here because I don't... There are some people that take this too, too far. I can't tell you what color of car to buy. I can't tell you what tile to pick out for your house. I mean, that's not, not part of what I'm talking about. But when you're facing a spiritual decision... You know what you got to do? God, would you show me? Lord, would you reveal it through your word? God, I'm listening for the preaching. I'm listening as I read my Bible. God, I'm, I'm looking. And maybe every once in a while I'll go, hey, preacher, uh, if I'm a lady, hey, Miss Lacey, what, what do you think? I need some help. I need some help here. I, need, I don't know what to do. You know what I can tell you? If you're willing to listen and open your eyes, you can avoid being Balaam. You don't have to go, I have sinned. Here's a better testimony. I have learned. <laughs> Amen can avoid all that I pray you do love that song open my eyes amen thank you Aaron thank you for coming today thank you for being here let's pray the Lord spoke to you personally I'm going to encourage you one more time if you don't know if you're saved if you're not sure about that grab myself grab someone here that can open a Bible and show you how to be saved I'll tell you what you are among friends There'd be a party in heaven. There'd be a party down here as well. We'd be excited to see you get saved. And if you're a believer this week, as you go in your week and you're making plans, maybe instead of going, okay, God, I'm going. Thanks. See you later. Say, Lord, I want you to lead the way because I don't want to get a year into my life and find that I'm just kind of can't get anywhere because you're in my way. God being in your way could be the best thing that ever happened to you. But you know what I think might be better than that, actually, now I think about it, is you just letting him lead you all the time. Amen. Let's go, Lord, in prayer. Thank you for coming today. Pray you got something out of the word of God. Uh, Brother Sean, if you would dismiss us in a word of prayer, sir.